0: From beanies to carry bags and from shoes to caps. Browse our shop now at TNTradio.live. Live Live from London with Sonia Poulton on today's News Talk TNT.
1: And hello and welcome to Thursday. This is indeed the Sonia Poulton Show on today's News Talk TNT. It is wonderful to have you with me. Hello there, everybody in the chat. I see you're busy, isn't it great that we're on Thursday already? I want to start off with the fact that the British Prime Minister lied in Parliament yesterday. Yes, he did. Oh, yes, he did. MP Andrew Bridgen, who is one of the very few who is actually highlighting the issue of excess deaths. And I know that he divides opinion and certainly with his wife online at this moment in time telling all their marital woes. But as an aside, MP Andrew Bridgen stood up in Parliament. He addressed Rishi Sunak in Prime Minister's question time yesterday, and he referred to the post office horizon scandal. And without saying the actual words, he was also referring to the experimental COVID jabs and Sunak was quick to fire back. He said, Horizon is a terrible miscarriage of justice and we're doing everything that we can to make it right. As to what he was more broadly insinuating, let me be unequivocal from this dispatch box. The COVID vaccines are safe. Mr Speaker this is shocking negligence this is not ignorance this is negligence this is, this is traitorous behavior frankly the yays from the rest of the house tell us all we need to know these people are compromised useful idiots they don't they're not following the true science and they've doubled down on their appalling positions try telling people who have lost loved ones that those experimental jabs are safe. Try that. Try telling people who are unable to walk, who need machines to breathe, that those jabs we're safe. It is an unconscionable position that Rishi Sunak has taken, but unfortunately, an inevitable one. I also don't know if you've been watching the um, Senate, uh, the, the Senate, the U.S. Judiciary Committee, where tech giants are testifying and various social media heads have been called um, for really quite a hostile grilling and what you have are all these senators accusing five major tech platforms including Twitter X Facebook Meta um, Instagram TikTok Snapchat of facilitating child sexual abuse online this is a fact i've i've seen horrendous images on X and on on some of these um platforms absolutely awful um uh, lindsey graham who i don't really have a great deal of time for but he said to mr Z- to mark zuckerberg mr zuckerberg you and the companies before us i know you don't mean it to be sober you have blood on your hands very hyperbolic. But you know, he said he went on to say you have a product that's killing people. When we had cigarettes that were killing people, we did something about it, maybe not enough. Oh, what was that? Was that where we introduced vaping? Uh, so it was just a sort of a more fragrant smelling way of killing people. I don't know, but we shall see what the outcome will be. Oddly, TikTok CEO claimed that users were predominantly over the age of 30. I don't know if I believe that. I really don't know if I believe that at all. And uh, some of the ahead of the testimony, some of the tech giants, they were quick to announce new measures, kind of seeking to justify any political pushback. But we shall see what will come of that. And finally, anybody catch the Russell Brand interview with Tucker Carlson? Uh, Interesting, it's it's Mr. Brand's first since he was accused of uh, sexual assault. He's currently under police investigation in relation to a total of nine alleged offenses. And Brand has always maintained that the relationships were consensual. He said, of course I deny any allegations that have been advanced. I regret the allegations in the strongest possible terms. Now for me, one of the most interesting parts of the interview, was where Russell Brand talked about David Icke. Now, I can uh, say this with some certainty, but I had a ringside seat of what happened with their relationship. At the time, it was around 2013, and David Icke had founded The People's Voice. And I was never a major David Icke follower. I was a mainstream media journalist. And um, David had asked me to be the anchor of The People's Voice, and I accepted because I saw it as a way to be able to talk about um, outside um, subjects on a platform. Anyway, people's voice all crumbled and fell apart. But it was interesting because David Ike and Russell Brand had something of a relationship at that point. I think we've got a picture of them at the Groucho Club together. And the Daily Mail claims that that picture was taken in 2008. It wasn't, it was taken in 2013 because David Ike sent it to me the day after it was taken at the Groucho Club. And I think Ike has always kind of resented Russell Brand, to be honest with you, because Russell Brand basically popularized what David Ike was doing. And uh, Russell Brand now is sort of slowly but uh, surely coming out and sort of acknowledging the work of David Ike. And you don't have to be an Ike fan to see that on some things he got very right, including the issue of establishment abuse. Absolutely. There's many things I don't agree with about David Ike. But it's just interesting to see the way the mainstream media is capturing Ike and Brand's relationship. And I can tell you, that was not the best of buddies. And on that note, we will be back shortly with Gemma.
0: Russia, gas prices, COVID mandates.
1: It just doesn't seem like anybody's doing anything about it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. And of course, this is the part of the show where we are joined by Gemma Cooper, and I'm delighted to say so. Hello, Gemma. How are you doing today?
2: Yeah, not too bad at all, Sonia. I did catch a bit of that uh, Tucker Carlson, Russell Brand. Uh, clips, so clips floating around yesterday, all over X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. And I thought to myself, oh, I must must aside the time to actually watch this whole thing in its entirety. But time ran away with me, and I haven't watched the whole thing. And I came in a little bit late there to your editorial. Did, have you watched the the whole interview in its uh in its full length? Uh, 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 let's say I managed about twenty five
1: minutes. Right.
2: <laughs> I didn't catch I didn't catch your editorial at the top this morning, unfortunately. Uh so I I couldn't really get your take on it. But I did find it interesting that yeah, I, I saw the clips about Icon. I saw I saw quite a few things. And it is interesting the correlation there and, and what people are doing with it. Well, it is really interesting. And as I say, I mean
1: basically I had a ringside seat to to see what was happening around the Icon brand relationship. And when I say what about 25 minutes, I was like going in and out, in and out, in and out. There's only so much I can take of Tucker Carlson. I'll be absolutely honest with you. And of course, it's been interesting, hasn't it, Gemma, to see Russell Brand go from this, like, darling of the left to now darling of the American right. I think that's an interesting transition that's taken place.
2: Well, I mean, if you want to use the term right, I think that trope is applied to all of us, isn't it? Who are starting to think for ourselves, is it the darling of the, of the right? Or, uh, you know, this is a label, isn't it? That, that is kind of um, uh, put on anybody who is standing up to the establishment. You become far right. I mean, it, it's a, if anyone was listening to us talking on TNT this morning, they would just label the entire station. Uh, UK presenters, Australian presenters, American presenters, the whole global team that we have would be far right but you know I, I class myself as completely politically neutral now i have no Me. interest in that process at all um uh, but but because i'm a free thinker that become you become far right i think it's this distinction between individualism and collectivism that's the kind of normal left right debate isn't it a far right you think as an individual uh, left you're more of a collective person you know and then the opposite ends of the spectrum are fascism communism but i think yeah. it's more that you know you have an ability to see through the system Uh, that that kind of unites all of us now. Isn't it interesting? The freedom movement, the protests in the UK uh, were a complete cross-section of British society. You couldn't really label left or right. It was just people. People thinking no, for themselves. I, I hear you. I absolutely hear you. The only reason
1: I said that is because I don't know if you remember when Ed Miliband was attempting to get into power and they suddenly brought on Russell Brand the day before the election in the hope that Russell Brand would swing the vote for Labour. And that's the only reason I say it is because he did get involved in left-right politics. But you're absolutely right. It's a nonsense. I completely agree with you. And if anybody labeled me far right, it would be so far it would be untrue. But I completely take your point. Absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, it was it was a fascinating interview and uh, and certainly the co- the part about brand uh, about ike i did find particularly interesting because there's no doubt at all because ike told me so himself that he really felt that Russell brand took a lot of what he was doing and just
2: made it very popularist well, the work is the work. The message is the message. I mean, um, you know, David Icke took a lot of his work from a lot of other people. I um, mean, he's referenced people in his book. His bibliographies are as, almost as big as the books themselves. Um, so these <laughs> uh, these ideas are not, not new, are they? A lot of people have been right. talking about this for such a long time. Now... The ideas and the theories are much more in the public consciousness, and and you know you, Russell Brand is a polarizing figure, no doubt about that. David Icke, hugely polarizing figure, but we talk about polarizing figures a lot on this program. You know, yes. Lawrence Fox. The other day we were talking about Elon Musk. We were talking about these figures are very divisive, but the work is the work, and the theories are the theories, and the, these theories have been around for forever. You know, yes. it's uh, it, it's nothing new. It's just coming out. These theories are coming out. This work is coming out. We're part of that, can only be a good thing. Oh, hallelujah to that, absolutely. So Gemma, what are you talking to us about today? Well, there's a couple of things. I mean, just referencing the freedom protests there and obviously they were policed. In a, in a very controversial manner here in the UK at some points and the treatment of uh, peaceful protesters by the police was was not always great, especially in the in the bigger ones in Trafalgar Square. I don't know if you were at any of those, Sonia, I certainly was. Um, but the Home Secretary has chaired his first ever meeting of the, uh, the Police Policy Board, National Policing Policy Board, which is where 43 police chiefs of all our uh, police forces in the country get together with the Home Secretary and he outlines his plans for them. And he's 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 announced these massive overhauls, but there is a flaw in this. He's saying he wants to go back to basics with policing in the UK. Policing, uh, the confidence in the police, the trust in the police of the UK public is at an all-time low. we have had a series of scandals, misogyny, racism, lots of cuts in the police, and he's going to overhaul it right before a general election no surprising there he wants to bring Bobby's back onto the beat and he's told all his p- police chiefs in no uncertain terms community policing must come first over the last few years there's been a kind of uh, blurring of the distinctions between neighborhood police officers who are uh, proactive and preventative and work with the community and and, and officers who react uh, to big big criminal events the bla- the boundaries have been blurred he wants to bring back proactive Uh, and preventative policing, all very well and good. But also this morning in the UK is this huge story about how all our councils, our local authorities, which we pay for via our council tax and our council tax funds the police That's part of the the charge in our local authority tax. Um, Every single council is at risk of going bust. Now we've already heard of a series of councils in the part of the the charge in our local authority tax. Um, Every single council is at risk of going bust. Now we've already heard of a series of councils in the UK. Last year, Nottingham was the eighth council in six years to put in a 114 section notice, which means it's effectively bankrupt, it's got no money. That's the eighth in six years. That's more than one council a year, local authority a year going bust and not having enough money to pay for services, including the police. Um, But Previous to that, nothing like this had ever happened in the UK in nearly 20 years. Now we've got a report out today saying, even the most well-run efficient local authorities uh, have, have have the risk of going bust because of a four hundred million four billion four billion sorry funding gap in 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 services. That's a huge amount of money. Now the government's p- pledged a further uh, six hundred million to, to help with this four billion shortfall. It's already announced sixty four billion of local authority funding last year. But of course, all of this is linked in. We pay council tax, we pay our uh, other taxes to the government to provide our services, to provide our policing. So the question has to be, where's the money gone and where's the money going to come from to radically overhaul the UK policing system? I wonder if it is because people are not paying council tax anymore and that's causing the shortfall, whether people are choosing not to pay a tax because they don't feel that they want to contribute to the system. There are people within the freedom movement doing that, or whether Sonia, they simply can't afford to pay, but there's no money for local services. Uh, And where there is money, it's going on really quite vulnerable people. One council is spending 50% of its budget on child social care because their own families can't look after them and that's a very sobering thought here in the UK. So I'm just kind of painting a picture of (laughs) broken Britain this morning, Uh, we we can't pay for our local services, we can't pay for our policing, I don't know where he's going to find the money, presumably under the mattress uh, to pay for this radical overhaul of community policing but we shall see, there's a general election coming up so maybe they'll magically find the money in a piggy bank somewhere.
1: Oh, that's I mean, that is a sobering thought that that you said that. And this is something that I do know a little bit about because I've been researching the issue of why a council's going bankrupt, because I find that extraordinarily alarming. And uh, so obviously we've had Birmingham City Council has has one as one example, and they put down uh, some of the problems with Birmingham, for example, £760 million was, was paid out in settling equal pay claims and th- Thurrock apparently got into some financial difficulty because they had over-invested in solar power. So, Gemma, I think that also is an insight into what is taking place is these people, obviously, they're setting up these 15 minute smart cities and they're using resources that are that are low already. And so we know that it's a problem. We know that the whole net zero thing is an absolute it's it's a. A money turner, isn't it, for big business? They're rubbing their hands together. Well, we're not getting the services we want. Where I live in in uh, Richmond, it's hilarious just to say this is so funny. They did a consultation about uh, whether we should basically have a sort of fifteen minute city around here, and everybody said no. And so they've done a reconsultation and decided that we should. So if they don't get the right answer, first of all, they just they just do a reconsultation until they get the one that they want. Gemma, that's. Where we're up to, right? So these councils, they're a law unto
2: themselves largely. They are. And of course, they they reconsult, they redo the consultation. Sorry, I'm tripping over my words there with that one, um, because they get the money from somewhere else. For 15-minute cities because it's part of Agenda 2030. You get they they want the money, so they'll push these policies through because they're cash strapped, and then they, they get the money from a different government department, which is getting it from the WEF. You know, all of these big, you know, big umbrella organisations will pay for those things because we all know where they're heading. We all know where that's heading. We all know that 2030 is not going to be a good year for anybody if these policies come through, but they're desperate for the cash. So they push them through, they take the money, they do these ridiculous one-way systems and and, and, and all the things we don't want, we don't ask for. We want our roads, you know, the potholes fixed. We want, we want services. We want, you know, vulnerable people looked after. No, because they get the money for the dystopian future, which we all know is ahead of us. Absolutely, it is.
1: That is Gemma Cooper, everybody. We're not seeing you tomorrow, Gemma, I don't think, but we will see you again on Monday and uh, have a great day. Great talking to you always, everybody. Obviously, Gemma Cooper, an integral part of the Sonia Poulton Show. And uh, we will go to a short break, be back shortly.
0: TNT's Pella Neuroth-Taylor.
3: We we need to do a lot of re- deconstruction of these phrases and, and really think about what it means because what does far right mean? I, I'd say that far right means anything that you don't like. and um, it's just a label a bit like the the Chinese under Mao, their state press used to call uh, anyone who was an ideological opponent capitalist pig dogs or whatever. And it was just a, meant to evoke a response and it was a signal from the rulers to the rule that this is what you should think without actually having to think. It's, 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 a, it's a, meant to evoke a sort of Pavlovian reaction that you're a, these are bad guys. And uh, a moderate, in, in, in our lingo, I mean, let's say it's foreign coverage. The BBC will say the moderate blah, blah, blah party in the third world. Meaning, well, they're the guys we approve of and then the extremists are someone we don't approve of.
0: Helen Neurov-Taylor on today's News Talk TNT. is a person to look at and then we go find out what crime you did. FBI! What? Our focus is shifting. Our main priority as a bureau is gonna be domestic terrorism. It really paints anybody who's right of center. If you're a pro-life, pro-family Catholic, they define you as radical. These are anti-government. We have freedom of religion and freedom of speech. Violent extremists and they must be dealt with. We can do anything we want. website tntradio.live check it out today's news talk radio it's the coolest tnt
1: today is just flying past already i am delighted to be joined by somebody that i encountered mm, about five maybe possibly five years ago and she is the activist activist, in my opinion. She's somebody who has an incredible history. She worked on a dangerous sex offender's wing in prison for around about two decades. And she has since gone undercover in a number of different roles, including exposing such horrendous levels of prostitution in Leeds in England. and more recently she went undercover as a trans activist, and it was through trans activism and the whole transgender movement that I actually met her, and I'd like to welcome bell staffy to everybody how are you today
3: good morning Sonia. um wide awake
1: <laughs> it's very early <laughs> wide awake she's always wide awake this this is wide this awake. is what's- yeah, absolutely. You're a kick-ass woman, no doubt about it. And of course, <laughs> what we're hearing now, but I mean, the thing is, when when I was first, like, my attention was first drawn to all the transgender madness, it was all pushback. There was not like, it, it was this... It it was like an army, wasn't it? There was nothing, it, it appeared to be, there was nothing that could stop it. Men were suddenly springing up, taking women's roles. And then suddenly what we've seen over the last four or five years is one legal case after another proving that we have to recognise biological sex, absolutely. The latest one is female pool players are hoping to um, have a legal case about transgender rules and, and turn that around. What are your thoughts about the sort of plethora of legal action that people have been forced to take?
3: Well, I think it's absolutely disgusting that we've had to take this legal action in the first place because sex is real gender is a construct we how on earth the amount of money that we have had to raise to actually prove that we're right it's 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 obscene that we've had to do it i celebrate every woman that that has won her case but the fact that and the stuff these women went through um to 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 have a belief um that is gender critical like myself in academia I say you know it's it's happened in academia every institution but it's also happened in our communities as well to activists Um, it's horrible isn't it we've had a, a tsunami of misogyny and it's come from the trans rights activists
1: no doubt about it. It's a nonsense when people who have no idea about what's going on say, well, both sides are a problem. No, both sides are not a problem. It's If you tell women that men can suddenly become women and take our spaces and our places and unchange in front of our daughters, you're going to get a pushback, right? And that is what has happened with fantastic people like Bell Staffy. Now you have done extraordinary things in order to be able to reveal what is going on. And one of the things you did for example is and i we have an image of this because it was actually captured in the daily mail of all places and you went undercover at a at, at an organ um there was a meeting for a woman's place uk in manchester and you went undercover as a trans activist bell stuffy i don't need to tell you you put
3: your life in jeopardy being in the middle of those people what was it like um it took me a long time to get over it actually being it i had gone because i knew that women were at risk in that building because we'd been monitoring their websites and we've infiltrated them did that years ago we knew there was going to be angry protests um and i knew because i'd been attacked with six other women in manchester politically we knew the police weren't going to help anyone um so i basically um dressed as I did with with green fingernails because I knew my camera would be up and I got big hands anyway. So they pass as blokes with nail varnish on dressed up and got the images I did. The only other independent um media person there was harassed so badly, the police arrested him for breach of the peace. So I knew when WPUK came up, there would be no police policing. W- women had already been attacked the week previously. So I wanted to go in and say as safely as I could. I couldn't go in like this because they had ripped me apart. And I wanted to show the world what we were really facing because it wasn't it wasn't getting out there mob hate 200 young people turned up 200 the noise was was awful the hate that was whipped up was whipped up so quickly um i've I've never been as terrified um because also that hatred was directed towards me who was actually in the crowd disguised (laughs) And I was constantly thinking, they they know it's me, they know it's me. Um, But fortunately, I didn't do anything. That photograph was taken when I was trying to run to the front of the crowd to take photographs, it looks like I'm leading leading the trans rights activists, but I'm not I'm trying to get to the front. And suddenly this camera came in front of me. And I I didn't want to look out. Everyone was shouting and carrying on. So I just put my arms up, like way, like that. But I was actually trying to get to the front to get a, the filming of the, the, it was, you know, about 200 people turned up. And the hate just went from naught to it, it went up. So far. I, it was incredibly scary. Actually. Yes. I was terrified. And, um,
1: and you had have, you have every right to be. People who haven't been in those mob crowds have no idea the level yeah. of anger and hatred and aggression that emanates towards women and any yeah, men who, who are standing up for us. I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. just park us for a second. We're going to go. We're going to go to some news headlines. We will be back. Um, absolutely, we'll be back. Let's go to some news headlines and see you shortly.
0: Hear about it.
1: We're depending on our congressmen.
0: Talk about it. The people have to stand up and say enough. Now, TNT Radio News.
1: Matt Boyland here with your TNT headlines. President Joe Biden will visit the scene of last year's toxic train derailment in Ohio for the first time next month. With the presidential election now just months away, the White House says it feels now is the right time. Russia says a US Patriot missile was used to shoot down a military plane over the country last week, killing dozens of Ukrainian POWs. And the White House says it has identified the group responsible for last week's deadly drone strike on its forces in the Middle East. On air
0: and on the app.
1: I listen on the app.
0: Stay up to date around the clock. I listen, therefore I know. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
1: This is gripping stuff. I'm talking to Belle Staffy. She's a former... Um, sex offender, uh, worker on a prison wing. So this is not somebody who's some wilting flower. And she has put herself in some incredibly dangerous positions in order to be able to highlight some of the terrible wrongs that are being done to women, actually, to women, yes. And uh, so one of the things that when you were in that crowd, absolutely terrifying, but you were communicating with your friend inside. And one of the things that you, you as a um an experienced activist knows is the issue of people closing doors and setting fire to buildings tell me about that because you were telling me about that the, the other day and it terrified me
3: when the march set off from st peter's square um it was going direct it was directed to, to the mechanics institute where women's place uk were meeting um around 150 women were there to to, to, to hear them. Um on the way when we got to the square outside um i started mingling in the crowd there were only two very young police officers there at the time um 200 raging angry men and young women um and then i heard this group this group i was near them they said let's go and block the fire exit now, you don't need a degree in history or anything like that to know fire exit gets blocked. Then there's a fire, then there's death. It's it's a preempt to setting a, a, a building alight. What else is it for? So I went and stood and I was still supposed to be undercover. So I stood next to the police officer and said to her, can you hear me? And she said, yes. And she said, I said, they're planning to. Barricade the fire exit at the back. I strongly suggest that you ring, you call for backup because you are overwhelmed. Okay, and then I sidled off because I didn't want to be seen talking to the police. And then rah rah, and she got on the radio. And then there was suddenly there was vans quickly, and there was an appropriate amount of police. Um, and they they went. I did not go in anywhere near the fire exit. I stayed out front where all, it was all happening. And they brought a group out of there, of of the protesters. So there was an attempt to block the fire escapes.
1: This is terrifying, absolutely terrifying.
3: Very dangerous for women meeting in there. And the chance, these women, these people felt so entitled because they were whipping the hatred up with um, these quotes, which is no swearing turfs are fully fledged fascists this is why we're here give them some noise reject feminist science let's f- effing get them trans women are women all cops are bastards they were so posh these people were, were ultra middle class educated young posh kids yeah but i didn't hear what yeah. manchester voice amongst any of them um And and again, you know, let's effing get them. And they were at the door because I was at the door filming them, pretending that I was one of them. Um, I mean,
1: it's amazing what you've been prepared to do. You've been out there in the field, as have I. And again, I I have to reiterate that unless you've been in the middle of these crowds, believe me, you have no idea how terrifying they are. Now, here's the thing that I'm interested in, because obviously it's males and females who are trans activists. What is that hate about? Because, and as you so rightly show as well, this is predominantly a middle-class movement, right? We know that as well. It's a very middle-class movement. In fact, Ed Balls, former Member of Parliament, his son, was um, exposed as a trans activist, as one example. So these are often kids who have been to private and public school and they don't have to worry about the bare necessities of life, such as making sure they've got food on the table or anything like that. And so they busy themselves with this other
3: issue. But what is the hate about Bell Starfee? Well, from my experience in that crowd, there were uh, matrophobia, hatred of mothers, hatred of middle-aged women, hatred of women, hatred of yourself as a woman. The young girls in the crowd were were all fawning all over me because I was masculine presenting and looked like an idiot with dealy boppers to signal I was an auto paedophile as well. They got that outfit outfit, straight away. They got that outfit straight away because I knew the word and I knew it would fit in. The blokes, the AGPs were really very suspicious of me watching me because I was taking a lot of film, you know, and, you know, even though I had green nail, horrible moss green nail varnish on, I, they didn't know who I was, but they knew that I was presenting as a, a bloke, yet trying to be a bloke, um, dressed as a woman, so it was, it, they were watching me, they were suspicious, but the girls were really fawning and it was really, creepy they were yeah. fawning at my perversions of being presenting as an autogynophile and an autopedophile which is very very worrying because these are the girls and women are going to be having children yes is this it's not us we've done our our it's an
1: indoctrination isn't it though that's what it is they're
3: indoctrinated but the way that intelligent rational Western people can go from naught to practically. If, if one of those women had come out or they found out it was me, would have been ripped limb from limb. I tell you that now. That I have never felt that that level of hatred, and it is so infectious. It went through the crowd like a like a virus. It was like again, if you've never witnessed real mass hatred and you've not been in it, you will. You don't appreciate it. How yes. it withered. It withered me it withered aspects of my soul. Which is extraordinary
1: given your, given your backstory, as I say, yeah. working on a sex offender's wing. You're not somebody who shies away from confrontation, but it is a violent movement. We also have another image of you where you have been milkshaked and that in itself is can be very horrible. Tell us about that.
3: That happened the week before I went undercover in that outfit because I knew I wouldn't get anywhere near and I wouldn't be safe enough to, 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 to do what I needed to do outside the mechanics. I was leading the chants with a megaphone on an anti-violence to women and anti-rape raping women vigil at the Emmeline Pankhurst statue on the 12th of March, 2022, um, as I was chanting, rape is about power, not about sex, someone lobbed a full bottle of milkshake at me and it hit me on the neck. It saturated me right through to, to my clothes. Instantly, we all thought it was acid because mm. everyone was mm. <laughs> acid attacks happen and they happen to women, okay, that men really don't like. Um we then just carried on with the march um as i didn't want to i didn't want the women to see and we had young girls there as well this happened in front of young girls um we carried on and then he attacked again and he attacked myself and five other women and we managed to um eventually um prosecute him he got um a, a conviction against him for for assault he was cautioned for attacking me and cautioned for attacking someone else, but he attacked six women. And that's why I knew I had my disguise. If I was going into that crowd that we knew was going to be hostile and violent, not as, and not as big, I had to have a really good costume
1: I think what you're doing is nothing short of heroic, frankly. This pushback is absolutely vital. There is no doubt about it. The fact that every day we get new headlines, as I say, about new legal cases, about more and more people waking up to this idol- ideology is absolutely testament to people like you, Bell I have nothing but admiration for what you do. Thank you so much for joining us today on today's News Talk TNT. We greatly appreciate it. Every- Everybody, this is Bell Staffee. literally a woman with balls, actually. Well,
3: probably not literally. No, no, steel but... ovaries, please. Oh, steel ovaries.
1: Steel, I stand oh, corrected. Got I've got steel no, ovaries. She has steel, steel ovaries. She has steel <laughs> ovaries. I have a pair of scissors that are shaped like ovaries somewhere on
3: Ooh, my table. Don't Forgive get the scissors me. out. <laughs>
1: this is Bell Starfy, everybody, and she is a force of nature. See you shortly
0: de-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective.
5: Well, the trial between Michael Mann and Mark Stein continues in Washington, D.C., and something very interesting has just occurred. It appears that Michael Mann has succeeded in putting his hockey stick on trial in Mann vs. Free Speech. Now, this is very interesting because if stein's people can get the people watching this trial to understand that dr mann would not reveal how he came up with his conclusions that should instantly instantly make it so that this thing should be dismissed so i don't know if dr mann was thinking but apparently the hockey stick his famed idea that let's take away the medieval warming period and the Earth's temperature just flatlined and went up like crazy, and it really put him on the map and became an icon for the IPCC. I don't know if he wants this because you would need discovery, and the discovery would be Let me see your data. Why should the entire planet simply accept something? Maybe Michael Mann is the most honest guy in the world, but why should we accept his word without looking at the data? So this is gonna be very, very interesting over the next few days, and it is a big deal because this kind of stuff going on where people are suing other people for things that are questionable at best, it's gotta stop or society will spin out of control. This is weatherbell.com chief meteorologist, Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got.
1: You are loved, you are valued, you are resilient.
0: You got this. You are there for them. We are here for you. Find free care guides <laughs> at aarp.org slash careguides. Live from London with Sonia Poulton on today's News Talk TNT
1: like to point out that it was the patriarchy that made me say to a woman's rights activist that she has balls. Of course, she doesn't have balls. She has steel ovaries, as she pointed out to me. That damn patriarchy. Just uh, want to look at some brilliant responses coming in. Lord Melbury referring to council tax and cutting service. Where does their unusable reserves go, he asks. Apparently, it's not in the public interest to know that. Maybe they've unwittingly funded terrorists. Very interesting point. And there is actually some truth to that. There is indeed. And Shug says uh, in relation to you I can't comprehend any of it. I'm just a male and nothing else. Oh, you're far from just a male. Um, Wide awake is the way forward, says Fritz. And so say all of us. And now I want to turn to a completely different subject. 2024 is not a year of world elections. It is the year of world elections, the biggest election year in history, unless my guest is about to correct me on that. He is Anthony Weber, a political and social commentator. Delighted to have you with us today, Anthony. How are you?
4: Hello, Sonia. Should I say white rabbits first of the month? <laughs> uh, oh the thumb. yes, first
1: of yeah. February. It is indeed. It is indeed, and it's feeling very spring-like at the moment. I don't know if you feel it. It is, but yesterday I did notice that it was lighter for that little bit longer, just noticeably so.
4: Yes, one one would like that to be the case. Um, it was supposed to be one of the driest Januarys on record, but i don't think it was where i am but um anyway yes you you're right um there's uh, there's a few elections on uh this year in the in the world uh and of course um uh we've got the 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 big one in the united states um one of the other big ones is of course um russia and the presidential election there um but um i i i sometimes when i look at United States I feel very sorry for them with the system they've got Uh, but then they probably feel sorry for us for the system we've got but um, you know we we, both systems need a huge amount of improvement but I I think members of the UK public find it quite difficult to understand the primary process in the United States and so on and the fact that um, it's actually not the electors themselves who choose the president in the United States but the electoral college and that can be uh quite unjust because you have to uh win the state uh delegates and um there's very few independent delegates so uh, you could in fact win the majority of delegates to to win uh, an election uh but uh you could, um, actually have had a different amount of votes to your opponents. So uh, we constantly have this issue where a losing presidential candidate says they had more actual physical votes. Um, but anyway, that, that's the system they've got at the moment. So Um, let's just give
1: a little bit of background to that then. So we're talking about elections in at least 64 countries, plus the European Union. That represents a combined population of about 49% of the people of the world, an estimated 1.5 billion people, they are saying, will head to the polls this year. And you mentioned, of course, Russia. And so that's in March. We have Russia and Ukraine elections Mm -hmm. taking place. So, I mean, obviously... Highly political beyond political because of the ongoing war that's taking place there and um I mean what are the chances the chances are Putin is going to be uh, reinstated not that he's not been uninstated right I mean because he's now been he's now been in post for the past two decades hasn't he Yes,
4: yeah, so i I think you said the Ukraine elections which as far as I understand it they've been Postponed because of the ongoing conflicts. Well, um, that's
1: interesting because the information I received was that that it was still going ahead, March twenty twenty four. But you're saying it's been postponed. Okay.
4: Yes, I think it's got to be. uh, That's got to be confirmed. But uh, you might remember President Zelensky was saying he needed three or four billion dollars in order to fund the election. So. It would be interesting to see what happens on that. But, but of course, they have banned a number of opposition political parties and they banned um, some opposition media as well. So it's hardly going to be a free and fair uh, uh, election. Um, And, of course, um, they really do need to have a say uh, because this war could have finished all back in march april 2022 uh but boris johnson came over offered them a few billion to carry on fighting and there's been a the cast uh so many deaths since then but um yes it's i think the ukraine situation will feature in the uh american elections certainly uh in in the russian ones but I think I think you're right. Um, the um, President Putin is very likely to uh, not have any problems getting reelected. And I think one of the, the reasons is that most Russians actually prefer to have a very experienced um, politician, somebody who can lead their country in difficult days of world affairs and um he he actually is quite often criticized in russia for for not being strong enough with with foreign affairs but um those people in his defense would say that he he's walked on a very sort of difficult tightrope and generally he's got his decisions right and generally uh he's had a sort of peaceful like um uh direction uh because many times he's been um requested by people in russia to take a stronger line but uh it, it, it's um what what people in the so-called West should be pleased about is that there's you know a fairly moderate person in charge in Russia rather than some of the more you know hawkish elements, because there certainly are them, as there are in any country in the world. Um you know you've got the hawkish elements in charge in, in Israel at the moment uh so we we do need people and i think I think from the Russian people's point of view, I'm sure they want somebody who they see is experienced and stable uh, right. and and look after and- their interests but there there will be other candidates as well um, there will be
1: but but Putin has been the one who has um held the tiller while the globalist community have come after him full force. And that will stand him in good stead, in my mind, with the Russian people, because they've seen that he can respond well and be stable under extreme pressure.
4: Yeah, Yes, and I I think what's happened, funny enough, uh, since all the sanctions employed by certain countries protected the UK against Russia, uh, it's resulted in Russia being a lot stronger, being one of the leading economies in the world, uh, and the the sanctions have backfired on the countries who took them out. Uh, particularly ourselves, we've had these huge rises in energy and other cost of living uh, factors, and uh, we 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 uh, as citizens in the UK have suffered economically uh, and um, that's a tragedy uh, because all of this has been done without any consent from the British public.
1: Absolutely, Um, the illusion of democracy, eh? The illusion of democracy. Zelensky has said most recently that he doesn't feel that this is the right time for elections. So you are almost certainly right. So let us have a look at the American elections which are due to take place in November. Could former president Donald Trump make a return to power in 2024, Anthony?
4: Yeah, yes, I mean he 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 could do um he's sort of virtually there regarding being uh the Republican uh nominated candidate. Um I, I think that the, a lot of people in the general public don't really want to see a rerun of uh Biden and Trump. Uh they they certainly Amongst the Democrats, is a big feeling that they need somebody new, uh, that Biden is um, getting far too old and frail and making uh, rather rash comments at the wrong time. And, um, and it, touching it was,
1: children at the wrong time, yes. Oh,
4: yes, definitely. Um, and of course... Creepy yes, joke. Uh, Yes, I think that's an apt description. Um, But um, also, there's this view that there are younger, smarter people behind the scenes basically manipulating Biden. Uh, And we've had some of these awful foreign policy decisions uh, they've made. Uh, Of course, they had the exit from Afghanistan, which is a tragedy for the people of Afghanistan and women's rights and uh, liberties. And um although uh President Trump did do the deal with the Taliban, uh Biden could have used parts of that deal to to cancel it. so uh he he certainly let the people of Afghanistan down. but it appears that the reason for going out of Afghanistan was to get more involved in the Ukraine situation. But if you look at say the difference. Uh, With the UK, uh, we were spending a billion a year uh, with our contribution in Afghanistan, and that was keeping the Taliban at bay and keeping Afghanistan relatively free. Now, in under two years in Ukraine, we've spent over 12 billion, which is absolutely terrible. Mm. Um, No wonder the UK can't afford any tax cuts and the council taxes are going up
1: right Um, absolutely all our money is going out of the country but anthony tell me this do you think that trump will be negatively impacted by the lawsuits for example the eugene carroll lawsuit where he's been ordered to pay 83 million dollars in a defamation trial do you think those things will impact him or do you just think that his followers are so they're hardcore aren't they the trump the Trump followers, are they're devoted.
4: Yes, I, I think there will be an effect, maybe one or two percent. And that's in the American presidential system. It is something you can't really afford to actually lose. Uh, but in terms of uh, his popularity with the Republicans, um, it, it somehow made his position more secure and I think the reason is there's been an overplaying of the hand by uh his opposition I'm sure a lot of it's been orchestrated by uh the Biden camp but some of the court actions regarding president uh, former president Trump are so over the top you can see there's a political yes. agenda there, and I think yes. people maybe even on both sides don't like this uh political agenda coming into into the court scene, which, of course, we've had quite a lot of uh, in the UK, particularly with uh, the COVID situation, but with many others as well. So it's actually perhaps an international problem, uh, the courts of countries being used for political purposes. And uh, I think, uh, you know, Trump is seen as standing up for uh the independence of the courts and the courts not being manipulated but uh yes it, it certainly hasn't harmed him um but i I, th- I think um uh if he's up against biden he probably still will have a good chance but one of the the things regarding uh this election is um uh, president uh biden has pulled out the issue of uh abortion and he knows that a huge proportion of american republicans support the woman's right to choose uh, and this has actually been shown to be the case in our uh, state referendums in, in the united states so um if president trump makes the mistake of uh being too hard on the abortion issue, right, I
1: think, right. I think
4: he lose the election. That could
1: that could be a problem. I was just I was watching some live footage before the show started this morning, and it was truckers they were assembling in Texas, and it's about taking back their borders. And they were absolute Marga Trump fans, and they were talking about the Constitution. So that's interesting. People are already rallying before we before we leave you this morning, um, Anthony. I have to just bring us round, of course, to UK elections at the moment. Rishi Sunak says, date unconfirmed, but possibly November, December. What are your thoughts?
4: My my thoughts are they will be uh, as late as possible, maybe even in January, but more likely uh, maybe first or second week of December. Um, Of course, we've got um, three by-elections on at the moment. We've got uh, two on February the 16th. uh, in Welling Brothers, 11 candidates, and Ringwood in uh, uh, Bristol. Uh, they've got uh, six candidates. Uh, but the one at uh, Rochdale, which is on the 29th, leap day year. Would you believe the uh, George Galloway's Workers' Party of Great Britain will be standing? And that will be very interesting because uh, they have a lot of policies which are similar, to um uh, uh some of the parties which are on the what what one would loosely call the alternative uh, right or the freedom uh, side of things, yeah, I don't think we can you- never really
1: tell these days, can we? We can never tell. It's you know, as Gemma was saying earlier, it's it's all become a bit ridiculous, isn't it? They've all sort of it, it's easy there's a dichotomy there isn't there it's a false paradigm isn't it this whole left right because they're for the most part they're all answering to their globalist masters anyway Anthony I have to stop you there but thank you so much for joining me today absolutely appreciated Um, this is Anthony Weber everybody this has been Thursday's edition of the Sonia Poulton show I want it has just flown past I want to thank both my guests of course Bell Stoffy, Anthony Weber of course all of you thank you Catherine in the comments thank you Sonia and guests and all commenting. Have a great day. Absolutely. We truly appreciate all your input. You can always contact me at Sonia at tntradio.live. But from me, from the whole team, have a fantastic day and we will see you tomorrow. Take excellent care of yourself.